Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. What a week, Brian. <laughs> Indeed. We kind of dropped some bombshells last week on the show, letting everybody know that the entire Art of Charm podcast team was fired was... Uh, Definitely a bit of a bombshell, but I like now to announce the Jordan Harbinger show. <laughs> we rolled right into it. We busted our ass. We've already got two episodes out the door and uh, more to come. So I, I'm very excited that uh, that we're back in the saddle. We unfortunately don't have the whole team back together yet, but we're working on it to get the whole crew back together. But for now, you know, got a bootstrap starting from zero. So if you were a fan of The Art of Charm, uh, check out the Jordan Harbinger show. And if you know people that liked The Art of Charm, Please tell your friends to go check out the Jordan Harbinger show because we are literally starting from zero and we could use your help. I'm sure you'll be fine soon enough. We'll make it. We'll make it. But it's a lot of work. But we did get to interview Mark Garagos for the first episode, the celebrity lawyer. Yeah. Turns out I never knew this about him. This made him a lot cooler in my book. For a little while in the 80s, he was a, a tour manager for Susie and the Banshees. Yes, he was. I remember I, hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool, actually. Pretty damn cool. Yep. So that's my week. How are you doing, Brian? You got some follow-up for us? Uh, Sure. We got tons of follow-up here. Um, Actually, so much follow-up that I actually pushed a lot of the follow-up to other parts of the show. So let's get rolling because it's a right. long one. Uh, first off, we got some Bitcoin news. Okay. Bitcoin is basically being looked at. Uh, the regulations are coming in the U.S. after top financial cops and lawmakers raise new fears about the virtual currency. We have talked about what's going on all across the world with Bitcoin. We've got different countries banning it, different countries trying to regulate it. People started to realize that, hey, we're missing out on our taxes and all these other things are going on. And there's all sorts of fraud that are hurting our hurting our people. So that's starting to finally happen here. The Securities and Exchange Commission and the Commodity Futures Trading Commission both are looking into what they're going to do and talking to the Senate about it. So this uh, this open and free and clear crazy market will not be lasting too much longer. I think it's safe to say. The gold rush is over. Time to, time to grow up and put on your big boy pants. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of talk about growing up on this episode. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Next up would be the little scooters that everybody's running, riding around in Santa Monica. Uh, Santa Monica, we've talked about the bird and what's going on here with the uh, city of Santa Monica suing the company because they didn't have any licenses to run their businesses and things of that nature. And then the city finally saying, look, uh, you got it's, it's a motorized vehicle that you're putting on the streets like. There are rules about this, and uh, if you're not going to stop people, then we're going to start policing it, and that's exactly what the city has started to do. Now, to be fair to the city, they certainly have put out the warnings. They basically said, look, you got to wear a helmet, you have to be over 18, you have to have a license, you have to have all these other things, and if you don't have it, we're giving you a ticket. And so they started to put out tickets, and people are pissed, and they're tweeting left, right, and center about it. Santa Monica City just gave me a $190 ticket for riding a bird app scooter without a helmet, tweeted local software engineer and entrepreneur Scott Lowry. <laughs> That's <laughs> okay. the last time I spend any time or money in Santa Monica, except good, for go when away. they forced me to go to court. I'm like, good, leave. Yeah. Take your damn Prius with you. Get the hell out of here, Scott Lowry, engineer and entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Now, I, I was reading this article, and I thought the funniest thing about it is the CEO of Bird's name is Travis Vanderzander, which I know. totally sounds made up. It is. It is a very funny name. And actually, as of this morning, I was uh, I was walking the kid out down by the beach, and uh, Bird has paid for a plane 
to uh, to drag around a sign saying, Bird, enjoy responsibly. <laughs> like it's a beer or something. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't, you just, why, why don't you just give away the helmets when people rent your scooters? Yeah. What's wrong they, with well, that? They, can't, they probably can't afford to add the helmet to it. And then they'd have to have a locking mechanism because people are animals and they'd just be stolen. And uh, there's a million other reasons why they probably don't want to do it. So, yeah. Besides, yeah. Uh, they thought they'd make a quick buck to doing something that was vaguely semi-legal. So. Well, you know what you need to do, Brian, is you need to go start a helmet rental stand down Ooh, on the promenade. That's a good idea. Yeah, figure I out where people are dropping that, <laughs> but that's a good idea. All right. It's kind of like, it'd be like having a bowling shoe rental place, like outside. <laughs> yeah. Now, after our last year's long bet between us, whether your Twitter stock would actually make any money or not, and you squeaked by and made money, and I got you beer that you enjoyed responsibly, like you enjoy your birds. Well, I don't know how responsibly I enjoyed it, but I definitely enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> uh, Twitter has apparently finally made money. They've made a profit, and uh, their stock has gone up considerably. So, unfortunately, we sold too early. Again. Story of our life. However, as that headline made the rounds, and everybody was talking about it, and Twitter was enjoying a field day in the press where they were talking about everybody was saying how great they were doing, and they finally made some money and all that. Not so fast. <laughs> yeah, where's the folks that over shoe? At, The folks over at Recode actually went through the financial numbers. Their revenue uh, did not... They haven't made more money. They haven't grown their business. They've made a profit because they've cut their costs. Yep. Not quite the same thing. Firing a whole bunch of people and having a lot less people and taking down salaries and cutting research and development and cutting sales and marketing is not making money. That is spending less money. So good for them. I mean, you got to do it somehow. But uh, incredibly misleading press. Out Absolutely about misleading. And I, how are they spending so much money on R&D is what I'm, I, I was looking at these numbers and like. Okay, so they cut the budget for R&D down, and now it's going to be like almost $80 million. And I'm like... What are they doing what, with what that money? What the fuck are you doing with $80 million on R&D for Twitter? Come on. <laughs> Give me the $80 million. I'll just come up with a new service that's better. I'll tell you, somebody got paid $80 million to go, let's double the character count. That was about, as far as I could tell, the amount of research and development that went into Twitter all last Seriously. year. Seriously. Anyways, uh, we talked last week about the, some of those uh, software packages that are taking uh, using AI to take celebrities' faces and slap them onto porn stars and or put Nicolas Cage in every movie known to man. Uh, this has gotten a lot more press this last week with Fox doing <laughs> a really deep dive article into it called Why Reddit's Face-Swapping Celebrity Porn Craze is a Harbinger of Dystopia. Uh, reiterating in a much larger and more educated way exactly what we were saying last week, which is the fact that, you know, we are rapidly rocketing towards the place and time in which uh, reality no longer has any meaning and you cannot trust anything that's digital. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. And uh, it's it's interesting that uh, before this, you know, there were these a couple subreddits that everybody was swapping all these videos and photos on. And in response to this article, Reddit, uh, Discord, Pornhub, Giphy, and a bunch of other people actually have actually moved to uh, shut these communities down. Because when I was reading right. the article at the beginning, I went and I wanted to go check out Deep Fakes and see what was there, and it it's already been banned, and so has Celeb Fakes. Both of those subreddits are gone, daddy gone now. Uh, yeah, still rather easy to find any of these stuff. Especially yeah. there's there's a link directly from the Vox article, so I did look at them. I, I don't know if you looked at any of these. It's, no, I didn't. Uh, I mean, it's just like anything else, uh, some of them are crap, but some of them are frighteningly spot on. 
Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, yeah, it, it is weird. <laughs> oh, man. What are you going to do? Well, the world's over, man. We're all going to burn. <laughs> Speaking of the end of the world, have you seen these Keanu Reeves Squarespace ads? Uh, I blanked out during the Super Bowl, so I missed them. Uh, I went and looked at them after you put them in the show notes. Uh, it's certainly, you can't stop Keanu being Keanu, can you? No, you can't. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see the Super Bowl ad until later, but, um, I did, they're, they're all over my Instagram feed. I cannot go like, you know, half a page without getting another Keanu ad, which comes back to my other point is as soon as I use a service, then I get ads for the service because I use yeah. Squarespace for my personal site now. I'm like, yeah, guys, I I, I know I got it. I, I'm paying you. <laughs> Shut up and leave me alone already. But uh, this the Super Bowl ad where he's like actually standing on the motorcycle, I guess he actually did that, which is kind of crazy. Right. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's an interesting guy. I got to say that. For sure. I, I I think just one of my favorite things about the entire internet is the sad Keanu meme. So I Yeah, <laughs> let's go back to that. <laughs> um, so we've been talking about Alexa and Spotify for a while and how hard mm-hmm. it is to get it to play certain things. And the other day, I just wanted to try something because I was listening to something on my laptop and I went in the kitchen and I was cooking some food. And I'm like, I wonder, I just wonder if I can get it to just pick up where it left off from my computer. Turns mm-hmm. out you can. Really? If all you say is, yeah, if you just say name of device, play Spotify, it yeah. will it will start your playlist where, where you paused it in the other room. Oh, that's pretty nice. And it'll just pick right back up. Yeah. So if you're having trouble getting it to, you know, do the playlist you want, just, you know, start it on your, your phone or your computer and then just tell the Echo to go ahead and play it and it should pick right back up. It should, but also completely defeating the purpose of having a voice-controlled mechanism. Oh, I, absolutely. I'm not saying I'm not <laughs> saying that this is the way things should be. I'm just telling you how to work around it because it doesn't yes. work half the time, most I of agree. the time. I, uh, almost every single artist that I listen to via Spotify um, is now completely inaccessible, and I've had to make fake playlists for all of them. It's ridiculous. It's, no, it's, it's getting worse. It's not actively better. getting worse, not better. Yet, what the, which is what the hell are you people doing? You're multi-million dollar companies. Billion dollar companies. Billion dollar companies in some <laughs> yeah. cases. And and you you just keep fucking everything up. I don't get it. I guess it's $80 million of Twitter R&D development. I was going to say, you know what it is? It's all that R&D money that's going into, you know, just, you know, research and destroy is probably what it's for. But yeah, it's terrible. It, it's, it's just all terrible. And speaking of, well, hopefully not terrible, but thing, uh, reboots just don't have a good track record but i'm hoping for something here our friend of the show zane lamprey we talked to him a bit about him last week uh maybe the the whole tree thing and and the the adventure <laughs> hoodie thing isn't working out for him because he has do, he has started the official bring back three sheets campaign uh three sheets is by far probably one of the best travel programs i've ever seen in my life it was totally about drinking in different cities it may have been its own thing at a particular time in his life and our lives that made it so good. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. Who knows? But he's definitely pushing the campaign. Unfortunately, he has to get to a million followers on the Facebook page, and then he will pick his network partner for the show. They're only at 20,000. I just yeah, I just saw it. I just, I just started <laughs> liking it. Hopefully, after, you know, people, everybody here, the Grumpy Nation <laughs> will hear it, and then they might get to 21,000. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah. I look, I am. Here's the thing. You know, I saw this and I got really excited. I'm like, yes, let's bring back three sheets. And then I'm thinking, 
you know, that was a long time ago. Zane was, was a, a lot younger. I was a lot younger. You were a lot younger. We drank a lot more back then. And now yes. I'm thinking this just might be a little bit sad, unfortunately, if it does come back. But, you know, I, 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 I want to be we've optimistic. Seen reboot after reboot after reboot. Uh, and it just rarely goes well. No, it doesn't. And yeah, I, I look, like I said, I'm optimistic. I've been watching some of Zane's videos on his YouTube channel. They're not that good. I'm sorry. They're not. So I don't know. And I don't want Steve McKenna back. <laughs> like, I'm like, can I can I like this with a caveat that Steve never comes back? <laughs> yeah, just lose him the first episode. That would be yeah. great. They should have thrown him from the train on Chug. In the news. We spent last week uh, tearing Facebook a new a-hole. <laughs> Going to do a lot more of that this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they are not doing well in the news this week. They they need some PR, uh, but it's not really happening. Uh, first up, we've got uh, two uh, former Facebook and Google employees that have gotten together to fight tech addiction. Uh, the campaign is dubbed The Truth About Tech. We've got Roger McNamee, an early backer of Facebook, and Tristan Harris, a former design ethicist at Google. Um, I wonder if he took your course. I wonder if he did. I was like thinking, well, hold on, let me get to that in a second. Uh, on the website, the campaign states that Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube are not neutral products, but instead are part of a system designed to addict us, as has everything that's ever been sold ever. But yeah. I agree, it is getting more insidious. Uh, and the company has received over $7 million in funding from nonprofit media watchdog Common Sense Media. Hey, Common Sense Media, throw us 10 bucks a month on Patreon. We've been talking about this and screaming about this for fucking four years. Almost five in two months. Almost five in two months. So, yeah, I mean, good. I'm glad that the people are out there trying to do something about it, and I'm glad it's getting funded. Nobody cares. Here's the thing, and this is the interesting thing about what's going on with Facebook right now. This is kind of that turning point where people might start leaving in droves. And I lost another 10 people this week, by the way, who have just outright right. quit. Um yep. The problem is there's nowhere else to go. That's the thing. Yeah. When MySpace went under, they went <laughs> to Facebook. When, you know, Friendster went over, they under, they went somewhere else, you know. And, and yep. amazingly enough, LiveJournal is still in business, but it's owned by the Russians. So what are you going to do there? But there's nowhere for people to go. So maybe they'll just go back to the web and it'll be or, or real life. Maybe people just go back to real life and we can stop doing this show. But doubt that. Eh, don't. Doubt that. Now, Facebook is also in trouble up in Seattle. Uh, Seattle's election authority said on Monday that Facebook is in violation of a city law that requires disclosure of who buys election ads, the first attempt of its kind to regulate U.S. political ads on the Internet. Now, Facebook has been trying to tell us that they're going to be much more forthcoming and they're going to give all this information because of everything that happened with the Russians. Apparently, that's not happening even at local levels. Uh, Facebook is not disclosing details in uh, about spending in last year's Seattle city elections so the city is now suing them the penalties could be up to five thousand dollars per advertising buy which is considerably more expensive than most advertising buys on facebook are and definitely not what they're worth um and so we'll see what happens there so facebook in trouble once again with the city coming out and suing them but they have so much money it's like five thousand dollar fine is nothing. i know it's nothing it's nothing it's just bad pr it's for just bad yeah point. it just it yeah. Looks, looks bad on the surface and continuing the Facebook looking bad on the surface, uh, you found this article. I just th think I just beat you to putting it in there. Yeah. So I think you have a lot more comments on this. The, this is how Facebook is killing comedy uh, over on Split Cider. 
com, which yeah. I've never heard of before. Uh, I didn't even know that Funny or Die was owned by Facebook, but apparently it was. Um, I, yeah, Mark's yeah. Up. Did not know either. Yeah. So I guess they're just buying everything on there. So Mark Zuckerberg walked into Funny or Die and basically just fired everyone a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah. Uh, apparently maybe they made a, a bad joke about him but uh <laughs> yeah but uh then the ceo or i guess the ceo or somebody from the company took to twitter took to twitter as one does when you've been fired by facebook i suppose well that's what i did <laughs> you're not I gonna post it on facebook yeah. yeah that's true <laughs> yeah really they probably lost his page Oh, yeah. So then he uh, started a basically gigantic rant about how Facebook has destroyed comedy and, and not just comedy. I would like to add just almost any creative medium because people are posting uh, everything that we've complained about about Facebook. Yeah. Everything that we talked about from the day we started the show about you should <laughs> own your own content. You should post your own content. You should be in control of your own content. And nobody has ever listened. And now it's starting to bite everybody on the ass, isn't it? Finally, good. Maybe you'll get the fucking hint, you know, <laughs> even and I found this one really interesting because I've been following getting getting back into following Chris Hardwick more recently. He posted a really long rant on Twitter last night or early today about how Instagram and Facebook are useless and you have to pay to get to your audience. And we're like, I'm just like shaking my head. I'm like, no shit. That's what they've always <laughs> done. You think this is something new? And what you know, it's. <laughs> You know, he's like, they need to be regulated. They need to be this. I'm like, no, it's very simple. Just stop using them. If you yep. don't want to give them the power in the first place to get to your, then just stop. Don't be there. People will find yep. you someplace else if your content is good. His content is good. And he's just rebranded his podcast. So he's like, you know, big into this marketing push now. And right. he's finally realizing that, yes, Facebook and Instagram are worthless if you're a brand. If you're trying to sell something, it is utterly useless you just have to give them bigger and bigger buckets of money and you still barely get any recognition from the people you know we've tried boosting yep. posts and uh, a bunch of companies i work with have boosted posts and paid for instagram ads and you know you're you're fighting against the wind and it's like every step you just got to pour more and more money into it with almost no return it's well, like, that's the thing. There, there's next to no return anyways even if you get the friends even if you get the likes even if you get the hearts on your on your Instagram photo, it rarely translates to anything real world. Exactly. They're not going to your website. They're not downloading their your videos. They're not giving you money on Patreon. They're not. You're, you're getting ephemeral bullshit that no, means it, nothing. It's social media masturbation that you have to pay for. At least you know. Normally in the real world, if you're going to pay for something, you at least get like you know hand job. But no, you're just getting a couple thumbs stuck up your ass and saying have a nice day. It, it's it's a waste of time to to yes. spend any money on these things. And I think, fortunately for us, it's taken us five years, but we're finally, I think, going to see a tipping point soon where people just stop spending money on these sites because they, you know, they're not going to give you anything back. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Um, now, this one just came across last night. We're recording a day later than usual because uh, Jason lost internet and everything due to the torrential snow apocalypse that he had yesterday yeah. yes yeah. uh so i didn't get a chance to peruse this as much as i'd like to but it scared the crap out of me what i did see facebook patents tech to determine social class what? you might want to start unfriending some poor people before clicking on that credit score ad uh they have put out a patent and i there is a nice little graph and bar chart in here of how the pat how the rough algorithm works to basically tell uh what class you are in are you middle class are you upper class are you lower class and they're going to start 
keeping this data along with all the rest of the data that they have on you. And it, it, I mean, just looking at it, it's like they don't even know what the middle class is. None of this makes any sense. It's crazy. Yeah. This, this is crazy. And it's terrifying. It's kind of like what we talked about with China, where they were using your social score as part of your, exactly. your credit score. Yeah. It's here now. Facebook is going to do it themselves. It's not a government entity, but it's Facebook, which is actually kind of bigger and scarier in some ways. Yeah. I mean, they're the biggest country in the world if you go by population. <laughs> Jim Carrey is finally on the grumpy bandwagon. He's telling all of his followers to get rid of their Facebook accounts because Russia. <laughs> his thing is Russia. <laughs> Um, yeah. My thing is a little bit more nuanced because, you know, that's that's what we talk about. We talk about the nuance. But he's just yeah. like, yeah, they Russia screwed with the elections. And uh, but I wonder if he's still on Twitter, because I think Twitter probably had a bigger hand in the whole thing. But uh, yeah, you go, Jim. Nah, I mean, I agree. So good on him. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I didn't Don't need think it for it'll work. do much. But I really I, wish I didn't well, need it for work. <laughs> we need it for this podcast. We need it for <laughs> sadly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not to get likes, as we've already discussed, but this is where I get, like, a lot of our news stories are things that just pass through the feeds, so it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I think mine is about 85% RSS feeds, 15% Twitter, and maybe half a percent Facebook for right. mine, but it's, it's how I rule. Uh, this one I actually found uh, from a friend. A friend of the show sent me this one. As Facebook stumbles, Twitter and Snapchat show new life. Now, since I have is... comments. Okay. All right. <laughs> but but you go ahead. No, I mean, what it basically is, is that, okay, everybody's pissed off at Facebook. Uh, Twitter fake made some money and Snapchat is going to do the one thing that we all wished everybody would do. And you have a timeline for your friends and you have a timeline for marketing, which is going to fail fucking miserably. But because nobody's ever going to look at it. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's the marketing tab. Why would I ever look at that and, tab? And here comes my comments, which are go based for it. almost like... <laughs> They're entirely basing what they consider to be stumbling and showing new life on stock price. Yeah. And stock price only. Facebook stock price went down because they broke up their news feed. So it would be friends and pages. <laughs> and that's, that's, and so, Snap so is about to do that. So their <laughs> price is going to go down. And as we previously stated, every single article about Twitter doing well is a lie. They yep. just cut their prices, so this article is complete and utter full of shit. Yep. It is all wrong. <laughs> I know. I, I love it. That's why I had to put it in here. because It drives me crazy. There is nothing correct in this article at all. We've just went through the whole fucking thing. Yep. That's why I, that's why I had to I put hate it in news. here for you. <laughs> at this point, I'll take fake news, because the real news is fake. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, because my friend was, she's like, oh, Snapchat is so big with all of my friends and it's growing and everybody's going back to Snapchat. And she sent me this article and I read it. And I'm just like shaking my head going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you should you should actually listen to the show sometime and we'll tell you what the what the deal is. But yeah. it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. It and, and I love here's what I love about this, because Facebook has been stealing so much crap from Snapchat. Yeah. And, and, you know, putting them under for like Facebook was taking the good ideas that Snapchat had, implementing them in, you know, Facebook and, and Instagram. Snapchat takes the one idea that is the dumbest <laughs> idea that Facebook ever had and caused their stock to drop. And they're going to implement that. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go, yeah. Evan. It was good. Good. Good knowing you. 
<laughs> Hopefully you cashed out a bit of that stock because, uh, yeah, way to go. Yes. Well, and in keeping with the theme of the things that make us miserable about the online tech experience, Lifehacker has the mobile apps that people regret using. This isn't terribly surprising. It's basically exactly what you'd expect. More misery is caused by social apps, dating apps, mobile games. More happiness is caused by meditation, reading, music, podcast, and fitness apps. Yeah, and this is a hack fucking job from Nick Douglas, that piece of shit that used to live with me. Um, I would recommend going to humantech.com slash apps dash ratings and see the actual numbers there. Because what I loved, I was looking at the numbers on, on the ones that people hate. <laughs> And I'm sorry, everybody who's joined our Clash Royale clan, that we're making you miserable because they are number 15 on the list. I'm so much happier than you guys because I left. <laughs> I still love playing and talking to everybody there. But uh, yeah, my, my uh, playing this week has been very much down because I had work to do. But I still like playing it. It's fun. But yeah. Nice. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Candy Crush Soda Saga. That's one that I went down the rabbit hole on really hard. I got like a thousand levels into that thing. A thousand. One thousand yeah. plus. And yeah, I was miserable. I was addicted to it. I couldn't get couldn't get rid of it. And then one day, <laughs> one day I just said delete. But I think it's I think it's pretty good. But yeah, definitely go check out the other link that'll be in the show notes. Fuck Nick Douglas. Don't give that guy any clicks. Okay, there you go. Well, you know, it's the one I found. Now, Amazon has announced that they will be delivering Whole Foods produce, at least in a test basis in uh, four or five different cities. I can't exactly remember which. And uh, that's obviously they deliver for free if you're a Prime member. I mean, we all knew this was coming. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, it's genius. I mean, I, I of course I'm going to use this. Why wouldn't I? It's free. I don't have to go to the Whole Foods anymore. I basically buy the same thing twice a week. They'll send it to me. I'll mm -hmm. just have my list. It's done and done. Um, so, so over at Slate, uh, this guy, I'm trying to grab his name here really quick because I scrolled away. Jordan Weissman, um, he writes the downside to this, as we all know. I'm an economics writer. Like many of my peers, I've spent a lot of time worrying about how America seems to be developing a monopoly problem. Or if you want to get technical, an ogliop. Ogli Oligopoly. Oligopoly. Oligopoly problem. Oligopoly. My mouth is not working today. Thank you. Uh, profits are increasingly concentrated in the hands of a small number of powerful companies, particularly in tech. There's growing evidence that this industry consolidation is disempowering workers and maybe even making the U.S. less entre entrepreneurial. I can't escape the feeling that by buying my groceries at Jeff Bezos's everything store, I'll be helping to usher in a future where our lives are even more thoroughly dominated by a few corporate behemoths. And that would be behemoths. But I'm still going to do it. Yes. Yeah. Behemoths. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, day I, with the kid already. That's the thing. It's like, you know, I hate I hate myself every time I buy something from Amazon Fresh. But yep. at the end of the day, I groceries show up sometimes. Yep. Well, about 50 percent of the time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if I can't leave the house because I got, you know, circumstance, I can't leave the house. And they're the, the most cost effective option for me to get my groceries delivered for the things that I need. Um, yeah. So it sucks. It really sucks. But there are no there's no such thing as a mom and pop store anymore. So, you know, yeah. OK, where do I go? Do I go to Jeff Bezos's everything store or do I go to the jewel who is owned by another corporate behemoth? You know, it's right. like you're shopping at one big company or another. I'm not going down to Joe's, you know, shit that I need right now, Shaq, to, <laughs> you know, pick up some razors and shaving cream. No, it doesn't exist anymore. That stuff's gone. So that's true. It's like okay, Shit might have already case, sailed. Yeah, which company do I want to give my money to? Well, I'll give it the I'll give my money to the one that's going to sell me the shit the cheapest and show up and give me the stuff. And that yep. turns out, unfortunately, is Amazon most of the time. And 
And I can already get a lot of stuff from Whole Foods on, on Amazon Pantry. I'm not in that top five cities that they're starting with, so I'm not going to be able to try this for a while. But yep. there's definitely some Whole Foods stuff that I can get. It is definitely still pricey, though. It's still whole paycheck at the end yep. of the day. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it Amazon is what it is. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And speaking of that, it is what it is and what are you going to do? It's going to get a little more complicated and difficult for us to do these show notes near the end of the month at this point because Wired has put in a paywall. Uh, once Wired visitors cross the five-story mark, they ask to pay $20 per year to continue reading with the added bonus of no advertisements. Now, 20 bucks per year, I'm totally cool with. I love this. And he is saying paywalls make content better. And I agree. So I am going to pay them their 20 bucks a year. Yeah, that's fine. You know how much it costs to subscribe to Wired's print magazine a year? Uh, a lot more than 20 bucks. $5. That's it? It costs 5 bucks to, to subscribe to the print magazine every year. I have well, a, I have right. a Wired print magazine subscription, and I, I, the last year I got it for five dollars. That's crazy. Well, is that one of those ones less, that's offered through like some third party thing? So they slash prices left, no, right, and I got center. It, it was in the mail from Wired hmm. because I used to be a subscriber, and they they found out no. that I moved, and they right, sent right. me one thing, and it was five bucks. But either way, it's like even if for twenty bucks, I'll pay twenty bucks a year for Wired because I like Wired and I like to support them, even though they're owned by you know another corporate behemoth, but. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they're still with Condé Nast or not, because um, it was a that big shakeup. Because um, Reddit, uh, yeah, Reddit and Wired got bought by Condé Nast like around the same time. But I don't know if they're still with them. But I don't know. I can look right. that up. But either way, they're still owned by another corporate behemoth. But I, I still like Wired articles for the most part. They've been. We we made fun of one last week or the week before where they really shit the bed. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're not all great, but. In general, they do a really good time. I, I'm fine and, with giving uh, twenty bucks a year. You know how much? I mean, I'm spending me eighty bucks a, a month on the New York Times just for the Sunday paper. So that's going out the window now that I'm un, un, unemployed. But uh, Wired definitely, I get more more value out of that twenty bucks a year than the eighty bucks a month I get from the New York Times. Right. And speaking of the New York Times, their digital paywall business is growing as fast as Facebook and faster than Google. Wow. Apparently, people like to pay for news. The publisher's online subscription business, uh, which they began in 2011, has now cultivated over 2.2 million paying readers, an additional 400... Uh, 400,000 or so pay for the time standalone crossword and cooking apps. Wow. Uh, what's noteworthy is how quickly the business is growing. The paper brought in 340 million in online subscriptions for 2017, a 46% spike over the previous year. Even more impressive, that's uh, also the average annual growth rate since its paywall started in 2011. That equals Facebook, which grew its business 47% last year, and it's much faster than Google, which grew it 23%. They should really thank Trump because that's yeah, that really is. That's the only reason that everybody is paying for the news. That's why I'm paying for it. I want good journalists out there. Yep, I want good journalists too, and they've they've done a really good job of advertising themselves and placing themselves in that position. So yeah, unfortunately, with my pay, with my, you're going to have to go buy buy your own subscription soon because once I get rid of the paper, your free your freebie goes away. I don't know if you still use it, it, but I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll see what I'll see what we can do. Maybe we can get a grumpy old geeks account so we can split it. But uh, right. Uh, yeah, no, I love I tell you what, I love having them on my iPad in the morning because I've, yeah, I've gotten back great. into the iPad lifestyle, especially yeah. with that crazy new case I got with the with the strap on the back. I love that thing still. It is so great. <laughs> so I use it all the time between that and the pencil. You know, I'm sorry, Steve Jobs, yeah. you were wrong. The pencil rocks. <laughs> so, the pencil is nice. Yeah. yeah. So I use that and I read I read the New York Times every morning. I, en I ended up having to unsubscribe from all their emails because they sent me so many emails. I'm like, I'm just going to read the app. Forget about it. Yeah, but I do. I do love what they're doing at the New York Times. What pissed me off, though, is when 
okay, they're showing, you know, all of this amazing growth, and then they still raise the price on the print edition, which I'm like, that kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Ford has now patented an autonomous police car that can issue tickets. Fuck you, Ford. I love That's, you, but yeah, fuck you. Basically, everybody said that, too. So once the autonomous police car identifies a vehicle that is violating traffic laws, it pulls the vehicle over, captures an image of the license plate, and receives an image of the driver's license, assuming that a human driver is behind the wheel. It can then determine whether to issue a warning or a ticket. I don't know how it makes that decision. Obviously, it must be AI. Maybe it's got, uh, it's got boob recognition or tear, tear recognition. They're like... Are there boobs? Are there tears? Okay, you get a warning to move on. Apparently, the vehicle will make this decision by looking through records of any prior traffic violations associated with the driver, and if clean, then a warning may be issued. Uh, the autonomous police cars can be trained via machine learning tools to find mm-hmm. the best hiding spots to nab speeders and other types of traffic violators, which is a load of crap. I hate you, um, Ford, I, even though I, I love you, but I hate you now. Why did you do this? And of course, of course they have to state that... Um, You know, they're arguing that the deployment of these cars will not take away police officers' jobs, but free police officers up for more difficult tasks that can't be automated. I don't know if you've seen the cops around here, but that's the only (laughs) job they have. (laughs) More donuts. Just kidding, guys. Uh, The Alphabet Uber trial, I think, is already over. Did they not? uh, This is an article I had in the show notes that was going to be like day-to-day updates on it that I was going to tell people about. But as far as I could tell, didn't uh, Uber's paying Alphabet off now? Okay, so, I think that's what happened. So yeah, I, I, I stopped giving a shit a long time ago. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like we thought it was going to be the trial of the century. And then turns out it was just a flash in the pan. So I, I really yep. stopped caring. I'm like, OK, yep. a bunch of billionaires mm-hmm. are swapping some money around. I wanted the guy who left, you know, Google and went to Uber to go to jail. But once yep. once he was recused, the, the guy who started his own techno religion, uh, once he was recused <laughs> from the case and I'm like, ah, this is boring now. If he's not going to jail, then I don't care. Yeah, I had another article about Uber, but this is actually more about Recode. This is their second bad article of this week that I was pissed off about. Uh, The article title is Drivers Don't Trust Uber. This is how it's trying to win them back. It's then an insanely long article um, that uh, and the answer to the title is in the URL. You'll see tipping at the end of the URL. That's it. There is nothing fucking else in this article that relates to the title (laughs) at all. Not a single goddamn thing. So thanks for wasting my time there, Recode. I don't know what the hell that article was supposed to be about or what the title (laughs) should have been, but that was an utter waste of time. And I do like to point out the one bit of news that I got in there, which I kind of already knew, but it just got a firm number and I had to grab it and put it in here. Uber still loses $1.46 billion a quarter. Wow. And it is one of the most widely valued companies on the planet because it loses $1.46 billion a quarter. And this is why... I fucking lose my mind every time I load my browser these days. Yeah, six billion dollars a year that they're losing almost, and, yep, and one and, of the biggest companies in the world. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. I it's just as an aside because I didn't put these things in the show notes because I was so angry about it. I was just starting to lose my mind, anyways. <laughs> and I, I don't know the exact numbers here. We can look these up later. But I remember seeing uh, right after the SpaceX did their launch. Uh, I remember seeing somebody post SpaceX has uh, has uh, raised less money than Pinterest. Think about that for a second. But they're still losing it all every quarter. <laughs> but at least they, they have a business le- model. Less money than Pinterest, and yeah. they actually do something. Yeah, they you know, <laughs> you give them stuff and a check, and they put it in space. Pinterest, yes. what the fuck do they do? <laughs> we steal other people's copyrighted content all across the internet. That's about it. That's what we do. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I get so angry. All right. Well, I'm going to keep getting angry now. Okay. Here we go. Movie Pass, the yeah. $10 a month movie subscription service that sounds too good to be true. You have bought into that. You love movies. This is a fantastic deal for you. Uh, You're going to make I, I, before, tons of money. Before you begin, I want to I yes. tell you a little story about Movie Pass. <laughs> I got my Movie Pass card. Mm-hmm. I paid for it for three months. Mm-hmm. I used it a total of zero times. There you go. This is the entire. Okay, so so what they've done is they've gone and interviewed uh, the CEO, which uh, where is his name right now? Uh, Low. I can't remember his first name. I didn't get that. Sorry, but his last name's Low. Mister Low, the CEO. Uh, they interviewed him and said, "How is this ever going to make any financial sense? How are you ever going to make money?" And he said. I have many genius plans, basically. His genius plan is he hopes everybody does exactly what you did. The gym yeah. club operator plan. That's, That's it. That's the genius plan. That's all he's got. The only other thing that he has is we're hoping to build a very large subscriber base and sell their information. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> you know, and, and here's, the, here's the thing. It's really hard to cancel MoviePass once you get it. I mean, friend of the show, Chen, uses hers all the time, and she said she loves her MoviePass. I, on the other hand, mm-hmm. am stuck at home. I can't go anywhere anymore. And so I didn't use it. The best way to cancel almost everything on the Internet is to call your credit card company and say, you lost your, your card, lost your credit card, <laughs> everything. I'm getting like I, I blue apron doesn't bother me anymore. Groovebook doesn't bother me anymore. MoviePass doesn't. But all they do is they send me notifications to say update my billing information. I'm like, nah, oh, hey, speaking nah. of that, uh, <laughs> Patreon subscribers, we have a small bounce rate from you guys. So you want to check your credit cards? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, well, I guess we just told people how to not pay on Patreon. <laughs> how to stop paying for us? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was that was your genius uh, move there. Yeah, I but you're the one that told them that. they can do it on Patreon. Way to go. <laughs> uh, okay. But yeah, no, I mean that's the. It, it has turned out losing my credit card, or actually. Having some guy buy a martini on a Virgin America flight at three in the morning turned out to be the best thing for me because I called American Express. I'm like, I'm in my living room and Virgin America is saying that they are trying to sell me a martini. And they're like, OK, cancel the card. We'll send you a new one. I'm like, OK, yep. whatever. And now everything just magic. I have I have a lot more money and a lot less auto delivery shit going on. It's great <laughs> because a groove book that you turned me on to is incredibly hard to cancel. Incredibly uh, hard to cancel. Yeah. I wouldn't know because we're going to be using that forever because, you know, kid. Yeah, you know, I, so. I I thought about paying for it, but I'm like, eh, I'll just keep them on Instagram and I'll print a book whenever I want. But it's cool that I, the, the stuff that I have are, are cool, but I've never looked at them. Like, they come in, I flip through the pages, I put them in a closet, and I never look at it again. Yeah, we basically just hand them off to parents and grandparents. Yeah, yeah. But again, I, since I don't leave the house anymore, I'm like, eh. It's like when I was out doing stuff and having fun, it made more sense. But, you know, I'm home, yeah. homebound now, but. Uh, so uh, we talked about the loveliness of Tronk. Remember Tronk? Yes. yes. <laughs> Dumbest named company yes. in the world uh, that owns the How'd Chicago Tribune. Uh, it's apparently <laughs> not doing so well right now. But hmm. this guy from L.A., Patrick Sunxiong, <laughs> has decided to buy the L.A. Times and San Diego Union Tribune back from Tronk. Good. Uh, so you and and somebody posted something very interesting. This goes back to your Pinterest. He bought he bought both of these papers for five hundred million dollars. That's less than Blue Bottle <laughs> Coffee got bought for. That was the other stat that I was trying to remember that went along with that. That you yeah. nailed it. So perfect. Thank yeah. you for no problem. Yeah, they're that. like yeah. Blue Bottle Coffee sold for more than that, and this is the L.A. Times and the San Diego Tribune. So 
Look, uh, something's got to happen. The LA Times has gotten worse and worse. In fact, I just oh, yeah. uh, I heard on NPR the other day they were talking about this, and they said that the steel has come down too soon because in a recent article in the LA Times they spelled Los Angeles incorrectly. Oh my god! In the Los Angeles Times, they managed to misspell <laughs> Los Angeles. Oh, the end times are here. The end times are here. <laughs> oh man. Uh, you know, we talked about Elon Musk and his uh, his little uh, rocket thing going off this week. I loved mm-hmm. it. I loved watching it. I I loved it. I love everything about it. I everybody that's complaining about it and about him sending one of his own cars up into the into the universe can go suck it. It's Kiss awesome. My ass. He should be able fuck to do whatever you. the fuck he wants. Watching those two rockets land side by side, a tear fell up out my eye. I gotta say, I got chills, and I was just like, that is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. I'm sorry. Uh, it it took awesome. me a long time to figure out what happened to that middle stage. Somebody finally let me know because they never mentioned it on any of their feeds, but mm-hmm. it it didn't make it. Let's just say. But uh, so uh, on the burn to send, you know, a spaceman to Mars. Well, they kind of overshot. <laughs> so mm-hmm. apparently uh, the, the Energizer Bunny is running the, the show over there. So, yeah, it's going off into the asteroid belt, but uh, it's still fucking hey. cool. <laughs> may go a bit further than that and I've, i'll have an yeah. image in the show notes and it'll be uh from star trek voyager that somebody's already modified <laughs> I, I, don't love know. That. I love that <laughs> this is a friend of the show brian flondell sent that to me and i just started laughing hysterically having just rewatched all of voyager uh, there is the scene and the episode where they find an old truck and they've replaced it with his, his you know <laughs> was, there, there, really there's good. his roadster right there it's very funny <laughs> very funny and i i gotta say Hat tip to Elon for putting the don't panic on the display. I I, yep. I popped hard for that one. I thought that was amazing. Um, that was very cool. What's not amazing, though, is my brother is still waiting for his Tesla Model 3. And yep. uh, so he got an update uh, next year. Early 2019 is when he can get it. And what he says is, seems Musk is more determined to shoot cars into the void than deliver them to customers. So, yeah, he's not Might getting his point. for quite some time. Ups and doodads. I actually had to do a bit of web work this week, which was shocking in and of itself. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm so sorry. I know. It was all right. It was for a friend and it was quick enough. But uh, I had to basically save out an entire web page to do a mock-up of a couple color changes and things like that. And it was just a lot easier to do it in Photoshop than to actually like code it out mm-hmm. to see what's going to go on. And I was like... I don't even know how to do this anymore. Am I going to take a bunch of screenshots and stitch them together? There simply must be a better way. And there is. A lot of you may already know this, but I either did know this and completely forgot about it or never do it in the first place. But you can save as PDF. Yep. You can and that pr- saves the entire PDF. page. And it's beautiful. And it goes right into Photoshop. And it's fantastically quick and easy. Either way, it delighted me to no end. So I just thought I'd share that with you people. I appreciate that a lot because I have a bunch of extensions built into my browser that I've downloaded and done to, to do full screenshots of web pages. And I never once thought about printing to pdf that is fucking <laughs> that's genius. all you gotta do it Dude. is fantastic <laughs> it's it's so fast it's so easy and i was just like huh that is great i'm I used bet to yeah some people need to, to know this <laughs> totally man i'm used to saving as pdf for like for receipts every time i yeah. like go to what you know get a receipt on a on a page i always save it as a pdf and throw it in dropbox so my accountant can go through and you know put it in the mm-hmm. in the ledger but i never thought about that for just getting the whole page for as a screenshot that's it's genius. I love it. Thank it, you. It's fantastic. No problem. 
Now, and I ran into something over on Dangerous Minds, which is a great website. Uh, I go and visit them on the regular, at least like once a week now, because you know they're another one of those uh, one of those great sites that have just been destroyed by Facebook. Uh, yeah, just, nothing that ever appears in your feed anymore. But they have the collectible Hieronymus Bosch figurines. I, I love these things. Love these. So I mean, much. I had. I had to print to the Garden of Earthly Delights up in my room from high school easily until my mid, potentially late 20s. <laughs> and if I didn't have a kid, I'd probably buy every single one of these things. They're a little bit too messed up and probably a little too fragile to have around for the kid anyways. Yeah. But these are gorgeous. These are beautiful. This is so cool. And it's funny. I was actually just looking at that painting on uh, the Google app when I couldn't figure mm -hmm. out how to do my, you know, my uh, selfie right. to get my, my art back. They have yep. like a super zoomable version that so you can just go down to like and you can see the brush strokes on the nice. thing. So it was really cool. And I was looking at it the other day and now now these figurines. I <laughs> I uh, maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna bookmark this right now so maybe when I get a job <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll be able to uh be able to pick one of these up, but they're super cool looking. Yeah, they're very cool. So uh, I had some follow up with the Soda Stream, which then ended up matching with a with a comment we got from Dan on Facebook. So I'll read his comment first because it fits here perfectly. I heard you guys talking about the Soda Stream and at replacing sparkling water. Do they have natural flavors? We've been buying from Trader Joe's because we hate the taste of the fake sugars. All right, so here we go. <laughs> here we I go. went out and uh, I bought a whole bunch of stuff to give it a test. I got uh, their Mister Pete oh, because I, I I very rarely drink soda like rarely yeah. maybe twice a year i'll have soda but if i'm gonna have soda i'm gonna fucking have dr pepper okay. because i love dr pepper mr pete is supposed to be a knockoff and it tastes absolutely nothing, nothing. like dr pepper yeah it is disgusting so that went into the trash immediately do they have mountain um, foo I, I don't know i it's the only one i bought because like i said the only soda i really want to drink yeah. is dr pepper so that was a massive fail uh, if anybody's tried the other ones that are supposed to be Coke or whatever. No, let, don't, let, don't do that. It's just, putting it's okay. just chemicals. Here's what I do with my soda stream. I just use uh, lime juice or lemon juice to give it a little bit well, of that's, flavor. Well, that's exactly where I was going to get to. So they also sell some of the flavors. Uh, they taste a little bit chemically as well. The one that I found was okay was lime. I tried orange and lemon. Uh, they both were a little chemically. Lime was fine. You can add a little bit of lime juice yourself. You can add a bit of lemon juice. Here's what I drink it fast enough that I can actually put some fruits or vegetables in there and they won't get rancid because I will go through one of these a day anyways. Mm -hmm. I cut up a little cucumber, throw it in there. Yuck, cucumber. God, the devil's fruit. Oh, it's delicious. Yuck. It's delicious. Disgusting. So uh, I do that. Uh, slice up a couple, put a couple slices of orange in there itself. You know, straight up, just cut up an orange and drop some orange in there. Tastes delicious. Now, are just you do doing this way. before you juice it or after? No, no. You you do the soda thing, and then before I seal it up and put it in the fridge, I'll add a little fruit. Okay, add a that's little what cucumber. I was wondering. If yeah. you, but I didn't know if you were carbonating with the fruit in it. No, no, no. I add it in after just so you get a little bit of the flavor. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just I put a squirt of I've I've got you know lime juice and lemon juice from concentrate, and I just put a little squirt in and done. Uh, that's where I yep. go. But your your sounds yep. way more complicated. But. <laughs> cut up something and put it in how complicated is that it's more complicated than squirting <laughs> i tell you uh, that all right well, i like to squirt anyway i guess uh, we go straight to the blade stunner story now or would no, you we're, like gonna, to we're gonna talk about fb purity first my since, since i do hate facebook and having to use it so much we talked about fb purity before the plugin that lets you you know just change the layout of facebook yeah. and the most important thing always have it set for most recent news feed Yes. Love it. I finally, I dropped 20 bucks 
to the developer this week because I'm like, this guy has saved me so much time not having to just even go up to newsfeed and change the most recent and refresh. I would have done that a thousand times by now. So I, I gave yep. him 20 bucks and uh, because I want to support software developers where I can. And if you haven't tried FB Purity, check it out. And if you do use it, drop the guy a few bucks because he is making your life a lot easier. Damn right. After you've dropped us a few bucks, patreon.com slash GOG. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You always got to, you know, yeah. put your mask yeah. on first. Us first. <laughs> Before you yeah. handle the children. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, the, we're the mask that goes on first. Let's, let's be completely... <laughs> Completely honest here. So friend of the show, Joey Rabier, with had one of the most controversial episodes that we've ever done. <laughs> sent me a he, he, he sent me a link called Blade Stunners inside the Chinese sex doll factory making smart robots that can also talk, play music, and uh, even do the dishes. Now it's that uh-huh. last line that where I that, that that hooked me. I'm like, wait, she can do the dishes? I'm in. And then I read the article and I'm like, nowhere. In the entire article, does it talk about doing the dishes? At one point, it talks about what they're trying to do is have them voice-enabled, like like an Alexa, that will be able to you know turn on home devices. So if you have an internet-enabled dishwasher, you could tell her to turn on the dishwasher instead of telling Alexa to do it. But either way, and I know that this uh, this line I just was perfect for you. X doll has ambitions to apply artificial intelligence to make dolls so lifelike that they could cure loneliness among the country's huge singletons population. I'm so this world is going to hell in a handbasket. I actually I don't care what happens anymore. I, I'm just done. <laughs> well, I mean, there's done. too many dudes, not enough ladies in China. So that's yeah, what you got to yeah. do. Yeah, this article just reminds me of the old joke about the guy that hires the prostitute to come over to his house, and she asks him what he'd like. Yeah. He goes, go paint the house. Paint the house. I was like, hey, baby, I'll do anything for 100 bucks." He's like, fine, paint my house. Yep. <laughs> one of the greatest jokes of all time. Mm-hmm. Now, this one is interesting, Brian. Um, before before I lost my, lost my job, I was... Yeah, uh, you were just mentioning at the very start of this segment about how you would not be getting these Hieronymus Bosch figurines until you got a job. Right, but, and then uh, I talked uh, about well, how so I'm what giving did you money purchase? away to developers and all this other stuff. I am a, I am a conundrum, Brian. Yes, <laughs> yes, you are. So I've got a studio here in the house where I, where I work from for recording. And currently it's running off of an old Mac laptop, a 2014 model that's got like... It's, it's, we, use, we use what we call Zencaster for our recordings. Mm-hmm. And that runs in Chrome. Well, my old ass MacBook, the fans spin up pretty much instantly as soon as you even look at the Chrome icon. It's just like, yeah. oh, I, I think you're going to make my day horrible. Let me spin up the fans. And I got the new iMac that I was using for the studio for a bit. But it turns out I spend most of my time not recording. And what I needed was I needed a control unit for my studio. I've got two Mac Minis in a rack mount. I've got a PreSonus 192, which is my interface that I use, and a Furman power converter, all in this cool little like crate that I can move around. But I need a control unit to just do recording. So, believe it or not, I got a PC. Brian, I got Mm -hmm. a PC because all of the software that it takes to record works on a PC. Because I was looking at Macs, I'm like, it's going to cost me 10 times as much to get a Mac (laughs) to do the recording. So, I found... The Asus GR82T069Z VR Ready Mini PC Gaming Desktop with Intel Core i5-7400 and GeForce GTX 1060. Way to go, right. Amazon. Um, 
I got that puppy, and that is going to next week. We will be we will be doing this from a PC. So uh, the the VR ready part didn't matter, but anything that you get on Amazon that has 16 gig of RAM and an SSD mm-hmm. is basically VR ready, pretty much. But since I since I now have a VR compliant PC, I'm thinking that so that Samsung Vive is looking pretty good. But job i spent all my money on this so this was this was this money was already earmarked before i lost it so it's like um it it is not gonna hurt the the rent of the house the dogs will still eat but um yeah this is you know just to run the studio and record the show but it's a cool little device like i got the box and apparently they don't ship with keyboards anymore or mice it's just a thing just a box yeah pretty much but fortunately i use the logitech mx master 2s mouse which will work with that and I have a an Apple keyboard, an extended keyboard, the aluminum one, with a mm-hmm. USB cable, believe it or not. So I think I'm good. I think I'll figure it out and my contour. But Well, uh, congratulations, and I'm very happy. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with PC. I will say, though, this is one of the ugliest boxes I've ever seen. It looks like it should be in Stranger Things. It it's looks hideous. like something from the 80s. <laughs> it's it's like a Nagel painting. It's horrible. It's just have a wham sticker on it that says wake <laughs> me up before you go go. I was listening it to It is t- nasty. <laughs> I was listening to K-Rock 2 this morning. They had Frankie goes to Hollywood play it and I was thinking of this box. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of the ugliest designed cases I've ever seen in my entire life. So I've got this uplift desk, the my standing desk, the motorized standing desk. And for yeah. you can get like a, a CPU holder that goes underneath, so I'll never have to yeah. look at it. It'll just That's everything nice. will plug into that, and like it'll all be in one thing. Because the problem with this damn MacBook is it's got so many cables going into it. Because I have to use Thunderbolt. Yeah. I've got you know one HDMI. This this little um, desktop has two HDMI and one Display Port, so then everything can just run through that, and I can stick it under the desk, put the cables away, and it, it'll make everything cleaner. But you know, for recording the shows, it's like all the hard the hard work is done on the PreSonus. So all all this thing does is route audio in and save it. That's all I needed to do. So that's what I got. I got a PC. It runs Windows 10. I can't wait to fire it up. It's still in the box. But um, by next week, I'll be on a PC for recording the show. Believe it or not. Boot me up before you go go. <laughs> Media candy. Since I had a snow day yesterday, Brian, and couldn't leave the mm-hmm. house, had no internet, I had fortunately been preparing for this, and thanks to screener season, yesterday <laughs> I watched Darkest Hour, Gary Oldman's yes. take on Winston Churchill. Yes. Wow, what a good movie. Now, in real life, Winston Churchill, as my friend from England said, was a right cunt. And that's, I don't care. I don't care. I was more impressed with Gary Oldman than anything. I'm like, that's Gary Oldman doing that. I mean, He's amazing. He can be he can be anything and you just forget it's Gary Oldman. I know. And, it, you know, I still think he should have won, you know, an Oscar for The Professional. Everyone! You know, I just love that movie so much. And my friend Michael Burns got to hang out with Gary Oldman this this year <laughs> when, when they were doing the press tour for this. And it, he always pulls out the picture of him and Gary Oldman. I'm like, it never gets old, but I still hate you. <laughs> be hanging out with gary oldman really um, does that one piss you off more or the one with me with my great hair and olivia wilde uh his does i like gary oldman yeah. a lot more so uh but what are you gonna do <laughs> anyway i i love the movie i don't care about you know 
Churchill's backstory. Yes, he was, as as my friend says, Jason Sanderson. Uh, shout out to Jason, uh, a right cunt. But um, Jason is not a right cunt, but Winston Churchill. Yeah, just want to clear I that understood. up. Make that make sure that's clear. Because I love Jason. Um, but uh, so then I watched uh, the other two episodes that came out of Counterpart. Mm-hmm. Eh. <laughs> eh. I'm kind of feeling like I felt when I was watching The Man in the High Castle season one. I'm like. You just know it's going to go bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not feeling it. I am just not feeling it. So I'll keep watching for a couple more. Give it a shot. But it's not really hitting me. But I did watch Altered Carbon, the new series on Netflix. Yes. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. I watched. So this is like a 10 part series. I watched Mm -hmm. it in 14 hours because I had to have a few hours to sleep last week. (laughs) I yeah. literally watched it almost straight through. I got the like you know the first seven episodes, and then it was like five in the morning. <laughs> I'm just like, I should probably sleep. <laughs> the dogs are already gone; they're up in the bed, just going, "Hey, you coming to bed?" And I'm like, "No, I got to watch another episode." It was amazing. Mm-hmm. I loved this story, and there's so many intertwining stories that it's just it's really good. Well done, right. sci-fi that just made me just go, "Yes." Finally, something I could really dig my teeth into instead of like that electric sheep anthology. I, I couldn't really like yeah, really dig into, into that. But yeah. this man, this was this is some top notch shit is all I got to say. Right. It's got the guy from The Killing in it, who I love, and a bunch of other great actors. And um, the only complaint that I had was the last episode, the fight scene, much like Wonder Woman went on probably three times as long as it needed to. But gotcha. there's a lot of. There's a lot of hot naked kung fu in, in this series, is all I got to say. It is not for the kids. You do not want to have the kids in the room. But this is the gotcha. show that they were uh, promoting at CES when they had the people in the bags. Remember that? Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yep. this was the show that they were doing. It was really good. Um, the other thing that I listened to this week was A Very Fatal Murder from The Onion. They did a podcast <laughs> that takes the piss out of Serial and all of these other nice. true crime ones. Oh, my God. Was, I mean, you have to kind of know those shows to get yeah. the most out of this. But I was in tears. The ads that they, the fake ads that they run, were <laughs> so fucking good. <laughs> All right, oh, I'll have to give that a listen. No, it's short. I mean, the the episodes are like nine minutes long, and there's only like six of them. You'll 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 right. run through it in an hour. But it, I swear to God, I was in tears when they were running the ads. The ads themselves were the I think the funniest part of the show. <laughs> but. All in all, really good. And a shout out to you, Brian, for I'll Have What Phil's Having. Fantastic, right? It was really good. It was really good. <laughs> yeah. um, I kind of zoned out in the middle because his his shtick where everything is the best he's ever had gets a little old, which comes yeah. back to when we talk about like you shouldn't really watch or like read a series of books back to back to back because then you kind of get the formula. And exactly. It kinda like takes, I had two... I had two years between I'll have what Phil's having and then the the noon one that just came out on Netflix, which is a good, it was too long to wait almost, but it wasn't back to back. So yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, I ran through, I'll have what Phil's having and, and I had, I, I did one a night basically right. av- last week and they were good. They were good. My favorite episode though was Los Angeles, which really pissed me yeah. off because I don't want to go back to Los <laughs> Angeles for food, but I'm like, I missed a lot of really good stuff in LA. I mean, I know a lot of good food in LA, but this one really had me going to like some of the, the taco trucks they went to. I'm like, I got to find those guys. It looked yeah, yeah. really, looked really, really good. good. So all in all, I'd say the new series is better, but the original series is, you know, maybe like 5% less good. Yeah. 
just as charming. They put more money into it when they when they rebooted it with Netflix, so it's got better production value. They went to more interesting places, but it's the it's the, it's still him. But here's the thing: <laughs> even I'll have what Phil's having. It's that's zero point zero that that did yep. it. That's Anthony yep. Bourdain's production company, who does all of the Anthony Bourdain stuff. So yep. these guys are no slouch, you know. Nope. It was. I I really enjoyed it. If you need something to like, just make you happy, just watch you know one or two a week, and it'll just. Yep. It'll pick you up because they were really fun. I really enjoyed it. Excellent. And uh, as previously mentioned, I am still working. Well, I'm not anymore. I finally finished watching, rewatching Star Trek Voyager. I finished last night. I watched the final episode. And I've got to say, it was a good show. That last episode sucked donkey balls. <laughs> it, it They actually, I, I think, I mean, I didn't look this up. I should have looked this up beforehand. They must have just been told that they were getting canceled uh, halfway through production of the final season because mm-hmm. all of a sudden the writing changed. All of a sudden characters were written completely out of character that you could tell that they were rushing to conclusions. They were forcing relationships that didn't make sense. And the entire final episode is Catherine Janeway completely betraying the entire Catherine Janeway-ness of herself to change the past. It was insane. So, great show up until the last episode. Not as infuriating as the Battlestar Galactica final episode, but pretty bad. <laughs> oh, I can't even remember the last episode, that's honestly. The, that's the funny thing. It's like, I, I went back and watched a show that's been off the air for 16 years now, I think, or something like that. Nobody really remembers it. I, I remember that the character Neelix left the show about three episodes before the end, and it was quite emotional. And I remember posting about that going, I bet nobody remembers this. <laughs> I wish Neelix would have left after the first episode. I hated him the entire run of the series. Hated him. I wanted to keep Kess the whole time, but Neelix was just such a... Bleh. Anyways, I finished. I'm happy it's done. Okay. Uh, I can actually get on with my life now. And speaking of getting on with my life, the solo trailer dropped. It <sighs> looks good. I, I've i been saying I've got a very bad feeling about this since they first <laughs> announced the movie. I didn't mind the trailer, so we'll see. Here's the thing. You've been now conditioned by... To not expect much. To not expect much, <laughs> thanks to The Last Jedi, yeah. Um, yeah, they're just... They're going to do what they're going to do. So I think what we there have- is something to that. I think I think it's now to the point where as long as they don't piss me off or make me feel like they're destroying my childhood, I'm happy. Well, here's <laughs> the thing. You have to forget your childhood and move on, because what's going to happen yeah. is they're just going to keep there's no continuity anymore. That's it. You know, right. there yeah. is none. You know, that's they're not even trying. They're like, fuck it. <laughs> Whatever. Well, let's put some spaceships and make shit go boom. That's it. So if yep. you like that Pretty type much. of thing, then enjoy it. I All right. Think. And on that same vein, Game of Thrones creators David Benioff and D.B. Weiss are going to be writing and producing a new series of Star Wars films. Okay. Enjoy that. So uh, I bet there's going to be less boobs in that galaxy far, far away than there are in Game of Thrones, which sucks. But uh, I think that's a safe bet. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad. <laughs> um, whatever. Yeah. Because uh, their next project was that one about uh, what the, the slavery one that it was called Confederate, I think. Mm-hmm. That yeah, as soon as yeah. they mentioned it, everybody as on as the planet it, was just like, like "No, you, are you crazy? Are you <laughs> fucking insane?" Uh, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that one's scrapped. So they these guys need a new job. So they're going to go to Disney instead of staying with HBO. There you go. Uh, let's see. Uh, we also got a Jessica Jones season two trailer. I, and actually, I believe starts in a, what two weeks, something like that. Did, very, it's, it's very it's soon. In March. It, uh, it's like two or three weeks. I think about three right. weeks. I love this trailer. Here's the thing about it. I I had it on for about five seconds, and I couldn't watch it. I'm like, no, 
No, no, no, no, no, no, no. Jessica Jones is sacrosanct. I want to go into it as clean as possible. They don't give anything away in this one. Okay, so I, I, I mean, I watched the other teaser trailer and I loved it. But on this one, I just, what, were they playing Barracuda on the last one? I think that's I think what it was. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it was the Barracuda. It was really yeah. good. It was really good. Got yeah. you jazzed up. But on this one, I'm like, since this is a full trailer, I just I was worried that they were going to give too much stuff away, and I just couldn't watch it. So I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait, and I am going to I'm gonna get a big bucket of popcorn, <laughs> sit around in my underwear, and not move off that couch for 12 hours, because I think these yes. are 12 episode seasons. Uh, I'm not moving. I think so, too. Yeah. I'm very excited. Can't wait. It's definitely my favorite of those uh, of everything Marvel's ever done. So I'm very, very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I'm almost done with the Grand Tour. I watched episode nine and uh, episode 10 is on the DVR. So they're done for the season. So when you finally get back around to it, it's pretty good. Uh, Episode nine had Penn and Teller doing the uh, (laughs) the the track in the snow, by the way. It was was a snowy day, but it's. So much fun. I just, I have nothing but good stuff to say about the Grand Tour. They fixed it. They've really, really fixed everything, and I love it. Now that I'm done with Voyager, I can get to it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you're really going to have a good time with it. Um, I, I can't wait to see the final episode. I started it and then stopped it because I had to prep for this show. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have something to say about it. But man, yeah, it's so good. And a uh, hat tip to John Chevron, friend of the show. He sent me a video on ABC7 Chicago. So if you're a local Chicago person... Uh, that's our one of our news channels. Uh, my friend Daryl mm-hmm. and his band, the Bull Weevils, was on playing for a bunch of blue hairs, which was really, really funny because he's an ER doctor. Right. Um, he's, he's like six foot four black dude dreads. I've been going to see these guys play since like 90. It, great friends. Love the band. And it was just it was surreal watching them on the news like 30 <laughs> some odd years later than then they started and like they showed the audience at the beginning. It's literally a bunch of blue hairs, like slow clapping. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> and it really reminded me of that SNL skit where it was. The, did you ever see this one where it was the wedding and like the dads got up like, oh, we had a band. Can we just get up and play? And then they like did this whole punk rock uh, reunion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Genius. It, it reminded me exactly of that. So uh, the link is going to be in the show notes. If you like punk rock. The Bull Weevils are one of my favorite bands. Daryl's a great guy. I love going to see them, so check that out for sure. Nice. What I don't love is PETA. I hate PETA. People for the ethical <laughs> treatment of animals, or the people for the eating of tasty animals is what I like to, to go for. Jillian Anderson has decided to pose naked for them. So she's left the X-Files, and now she's posing naked for PETA. I don't know how to feel about this, but I'm just going to leave it there. I, it makes me sad. Makes me sad. I love you, Jillian, but you're you're on the wrong side of history on this one. Sorry. This photo is by far the best episode of X Files I've seen in twenty years. <laughs> it kind of is, isn't it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just finished episode seven this morning, and uh, I thought it was the end, but they did ten episodes for this season. So okay. Three to go. I'm 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 holding out hope for you, Brian. They they did wrap up one storyline with their kid. That's been wrapped up. Now. All right. So All right. we got one. We got we'll one storyline down, but the major storyline still has yet to be uh, done. So we'll see how it goes. All right. And Chris Hardwick, who we talked about earlier with mm-hmm. his his rant against Facebook and Instagram, he has changed the name of the Nerdist podcast to ID10T. Everybody keeps saying idiot, but he pronounces it ID10T, which is an old tech code for people who are idiots. Idiots. <laughs> uh, and it, so there's a uh, an article with him at Uproxx 
where he talks about, uh, you know, what happened with the show in the future of podcasting. It's an interesting read if you're into the podcasting thing. So check it out. I, I, I wish Chris the best. I love his show and, uh, he's been around forever and, yep. you know, was one of the, one of my main inspirations for getting in the business. So way to go, nice. Chris, keep it going. Right. Uh, we talked about the left sits letter a lot. Uh, he started off as commenting on the music industry. He got heavily into tech, sometimes right, sometimes wrong. Uh, the whole hashtag me too movement has been blowing up as we know in, in a couple of different worlds and people have found it somewhat interesting that there hasn't been anything about the music industry that is all quietly taking place on his letter. I, I get his new updates every week and my jaw hits the floor, uh, about some of the things that are being talked about in there uh, quite openly, uh, names are being named and I am strangely shocked that none of this is being picked up by the media, at least yet at this point. So expect some interesting things to finally get picked up at some point, I'm sure. Okay. I'll, I, I'm not going to read it, but I'll, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Uh, and if you're a big Cure fan, uh, this is the year to go to London. You are going to want to beat there because not only is the Cure playing their 40th anniversary uh, show in Hyde Park, the Cure's Robert Smith has been tapped to curate the 25th edition of the Meltdown Festival, uh, which is awesome. So that is also taking place. Uh, it's a 10-night extravaganza at London's South Bank Centre. He will pick 30 of his all-time favorite artists, and one can be sure that he will be performing as well. So pretty amazing stuff going on this summer in London if you're a Cure fan. Oh, man, Lucky that bastards. sounds amazing. <laughs> I know. I'd give anything to be there this summer. Oh, well. You know, the kid can always have an accident. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note. Mm-hmm. Security? Ha! We're here once again with the CyberWire's Dave Bittner. Uh, Jason DeFilippo is not here right now. Uh, apparently, his Chinese security cameras have detected snow, and that shut down everything. So. <laughs> he's, he's lost the dogs <laughs> out in the snowstorm. They burrowed and made uh, tunnels all over the yard. So he's uh, out there you know, chasing them around desperately, trying to bring them back in the house. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, as we've discussed multiple times, uh, we do seem to be living in, in a third world the, at this point, and apparently a, a bit of snow in Chicago has shut down the entire internet there. So. So he cannot join us today, but here we are regardless. And you'd think if there's anywhere in the world that we would be able to deal with snow, Chicago <laughs> would be one of those places, but uh, you'd I don't think know. they'd be used to it. They could yeah. uh, take a page from Buffalo. They seem to be able to figure this out. They go well, out in shorts and T-shirts to football games and right, outdoor stadiums. Right. Yes, I, I've lived my life in Maryland where a quarter inch dusting shuts everything down, you know, for a week. So, right. Uh, <laughs> well, let's dig in here. Uh, we've got some good articles. It's actually been kind of a slow week in terms of new stuff happening in cybersecurity, which I suppose is not necessarily a bad thing, all things considered. But, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good thing, yeah. Yeah, this first <laughs> one is a story from Wired, and uh, it's about uh, should data scientists adhere to a Hippocratic Oath? I thought that was this, this was particularly interesting given your recent uh, completion of your ethics course. Uh, yes. So I was wondering what you thought about this. Uh, I scanned through the article. It's it's really interesting. It's a very good read. And I think everybody that, that is kind of working with data, as most of us are these days, uh, should read it. Uh, it's kind of the main thrust of, of what my professor was talking about throughout the data science ethics course, um, the University of Michigan. I'm going to murder his name because he never says his own name. Well, probably <laughs> in the very first video, which was four months ago at this point. H.V. Uh, Jagadish, I believe is his name. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, that was kind of his point as, as he went through kind of the history and everything else. The, the overarching thing that he was saying was that 
you know, most other professional societies are aware of the fact that the law does not keep up with uh, the cutting edge and whatever it is you're doing. And, and professional societies, societies have tended to band together to create their own uh, kind of self-regulated and self-policed ethical uh, bylines and considerations and structures. And the data science at this point needs to do the same thing because the law is not going to catch up in time. We're already seeing a lot of problems. Um, and he proposed his two, his own one, which is very basic. And he said it's very important to keep it very basic because the more rules that you put down, the less they'll be remembered and followed. And, and his two principles were, first, you should do not surprise. Never surprise the subject of the data that you are recording, collecting, using, or analyzing. Hmm. They should never feel that you're using the data in a way that they were not informed it would be used. Hmm. And then secondly, own the outcome. And if the process is leading to undesirable outcomes, you need to go in and fix the process and you know, basically not release that data into the wild if it's if it's not good. So, Which I thought is pretty simple and and something that people should be doing um now this this wired article it gets into way greater detail about it i really enjoyed reading it uh, did you have any thoughts when you went through it yeah i did i mean mostly uh, and I'm, I'm on the same page as, as you are and, and your professor um it's interesting to me that as these articles tend to do they want to present both sides of a story even mm -hmm. if they're necessarily or you know there aren't necessarily two equal sides to a story but <laughs> you know some of the people poo poo this in i guess a way that's unsurprising where they say well these are these are basic principles that anyone would agree with there's nothing there's nothing you know earth shattering about them except for the fact that we do have a a rich brief history of people ignoring them well, that, yeah, that, that, and that's a great point. But what it made me think of was if if we were starting off in the medical world, and I said, uh, you know, first do no harm. I could imagine in the modern world, all the eye rolling and you know people just saying, "Well, duh." But <laughs> but I think the ritual of having that in a framed you know printout on your wall as a reminder. I think there's value in that, and I think we I think that's something that we are missing. Especially in the velocity that things happen in the cyber domain, it's so easy to dump massive, you know, uh, caches of data into machines and and just have at it and see what comes out the other side. And, and I think time and time again, even with you know social media, we're starting to see these unintended consequences that we don't really know what's going to happen. And, yeah, uh, and that's yeah. unusual. I think you know, in any new pursuit, I think that's not unusual. But uh, maybe we're at that point. We're at that point of inflection where it's time for these sorts of things to be seriously considered. Because, um, you know, I guess the other side of it is if people don't do it themselves, it'll be done to them. People will start yeah. passing laws and, you know, say you have to do it this way. And that's not necessarily the best outcome either. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think the interesting thing that you pointed out there is the the uh, uh, unexpected outcomes, because um, we do see that time and time again. I, I almost will give people the benefit of the doubt here. And I think a lot of the times that we we get these kind of horrible situations that that come out of of deep data and big data and and these algorithms chugging through these things and no it's not ai just algorithms chugging through these things and the unintended findings that we're getting are are simply that that we had no idea that we would be able to determine this or figure this out from all this data um and uh, all the more reason that we should kind of have some framed set of ethics surrounding this um 
which yeah, I think it is time. It's definitely time. Uh, and like you're, to your point as well, the velocity on this stuff is so fast. It's the laws will never catch up. The laws will always be chasing behind. Uh, something horrible will happen and we'll have a tiny little law that addresses that specific horrible situation to fix that. It's like it's like, the you know, sticking your finger in the dike. You're just trying to catch up. That's the law. So how about we step up and, and kind of bring some humanity to this? I think yeah. that's a safe way to go. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, the next article we have here is about uh, some clever phishing tricks that uh, steals your email and fools your friends into downloading malware. And uh, this is a clever little um, evolution that we've seen happening here where um, basically what happens is someone will trick you into um, giving them giving them your login credentials for your email, so they'll use a, a phishing scam or you know harvest your credentials somehow, and somehow they'll get access to just to say for argument's sake your Gmail account. I, I will just quickly ask your father, who had oh, his adware yes. problem the last week. Uh, yes. would he ever give his login credentials for his email to anyone if they asked? I, I think I've beat my parents over the head to the point where they would not do that, but you never would, know, right? Yeah, I would like to say no. <laughs> I would like to say that he would ask me first. Mm-hmm. I, I guess the fact that he's gone as far as he has without doing that, and the fact that he, as we said last week, you know, he spent an hour on the phone with a fake tech support right. gang and didn't hand them the keys to the kingdom, uh, right. gives me some hope. But <laughs> um, I don't know. I I think he's by nature kind of a trusting person. And I think if the right person had the right story and could convince him that they were, for example, the manager of his bank branch, then I think he he would probably he would probably turn it up. Although, you know what, actually, like the only way we can fix your your banking account is if you give me your email information. Yeah. But on the other hand, uh, my father is very much the person who will say, uh, let me get in my car and drive over there. Right. You know, he is a face to face kind of person so um you know he's the one who wants to work with the bank teller uh whereas i'm the one who's like why would i want to go in the bank when there's a perfectly functioning atm out here (laughs) exactly (laughs) you know i do i i do think if it's it's a kind of almost a generational thing because whenever Mm -hmm. i hear these stories about uh, and they were tricked into giving over their email login information and passwords i think who would ever do that but i think it's also because having grown up from the day one of the internet i'm so jaded and mm-hmm. I just know there are so many schemes and, and craziness out there. I would never hand over email password to anyone. Right. But, you know, I think it's is that just because we're, we've been around so long? We've been around the block. We know it's it's a bad neighborhood. <laughs> I guess so. Although, I mean, I've been fooled. You know, I, I, I got hit uh, a few years, I don't know, five or six years ago. Um, I got hit, but with a phishing attack. It was a, it was on Twitter and mm-hmm. it was basically someone had taken oh. it. <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ. But automatic playing videos, oh our favorite friend. <laughs> oh my God. This could stay in the show. I, I, what, I, I don't even think is, I don't even know what window it's in. Oh God. All right. This goodbye. And now my browser's locked up. I'm looking for, <laughs> look for the little uh, sound thing on your tabs. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking. I'm looking. Jason's going to have a hoot at this point in the recording. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> So getting back to this uh, phishing story, what these folks do is once they've gotten, for example, your Gmail credentials, they will use those credentials to log into your account and then they will inject themselves into a back and forth conversation that you're already a part of. 
So, right. for example, you and I have been, you know, going back and forth on, you know, I don't know, the new logo design for the company that you're designing. And the people who've taken over my account will slip into that conversation and say to you, hey, you know, here's the latest iteration. Uh, download this file and check it out. And of right. course, you're going to trust that because we've already been communicating with each other. They download the file and Bob's your uncle. They're owned. And gotcha. Uh, That's so, clever. Yeah, it's a clever little uh, innovation here that uh, that we've been seeing lately. So beware of that one. All right. Our next story is, uh, I, I think, uh, there's a certain amount of sweetness to this one. This is about uh, someone who's been data mining within Minecraft, going around and looking for messages that people leave behind in their Minecraft worlds. Right. <laughs> It's uh, it's actually kind of sweet, and you know, people will. I guess in my, I'm not a Minecraft player, but my kids are, so I see them building things, and I don't know, they're always running around with a little um, pickaxe, you know, <laughs> building building things in <laughs> Minecraft. That's what I see. It's like every time I look over at the the family computer, somebody's running around with a pickaxe playing in mm-hmm. Minecraft. But um, I guess you know, people can leave signs and can leave notes and things like that, and. Uh, there's a gentleman who's uh, gone through and figured out a, an automated way to go through some of these worlds and pull out notes. And um, it's sort of sweet, the things people will write. Some of it's sad. Some of it's, um, you know, inspirational. It's kind of neat. You know, you were making the point before we went on that uh, it's a way to sort of rescue stuff so it doesn't get left behind. Right. Uh, but this being the show that it is, of course, I think Wow. Uh, Not only are things just not deleted, think about all the little pieces of data we are unintentionally leaving behind Mm. uh, that could be brought back and and tied to us, especially as big data and these algorithms uh, come forward. So yeah, this is a very sweet example. The story kind of made me wistful and I thought about some of the virtual worlds that I was in way, way back in the day and then the conversations and whatnot and how, as far as I know, they're all gone, but they're probably really not. And that could be cute and sweet and interesting and it could also be a little scary yeah i think back to even just <laughs> conversations back on usenet i don't know if you're ever you know mm-hmm. back yes, on those yeah. days um and uh you figure that's got to be our somebody's archived that oh somewhere. yeah yeah it's yeah. all out there you can search you know and find all those old conversations but uh in the 20 something version of yourself is yeah. had, could have had a very different <laughs> writing style and world outlook and uh you know, shorter fuse and all sorts of things compared to the you of today. And that's an interesting thing that <laughs> I guess is sort of new for our generation. We are the first generation who came up with that sort of permanent record. Right. Yeah. It, this will remain on your permanent record is is intensely true for us. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I was thinking just the other day about how my, you know, my kids and grandkids and on and on and on will at some point have this this long record of me and same for you just through these podcasts mm-hmm. there's hours and yeah. hours of well they'll be list, able to listen to you know our voices <laughs> and a certain whatever a certain version of us what an interesting thing to be leaving behind yeah it really is um our next uh, story uh we're talking about uh and i i assume this was put in for uh jason's sake even though he's not here uh a bluetooth panty buster <laughs> smart sex toy wait for it fails the penetration test <laughs> somebody was waiting yes. his whole life to write that headline uh, <laughs> oh but did you see the sub headline which i thought was even better go on yep it's yet another dill don't oh 
<laughs> oh, that is better. That is better. Uh, yeah. yeah, I did put this in for Jason because, uh, you know, if it's sex related, uh, he's always got a comment <laughs> on it. But uh, yeah, this is a, a Bluetooth and interconnected, internet connected Vivertasimo panty bruster, uh, which has an online service uh, made by German Gizmo biz, uh, Business. And uh, wow, boy, they did nothing in terms of security for this. Uh, I, you know, if you think, uh, I, if I think it's personally crazy to hand over somebody's, uh, to somebody, my email login and password, I, I can't fathom wearing a sex device that also includes photos and chats that you could do through the app. And yeah, uh, trusting some third party, in this case, this company, to uh, store all that through their own app. Um, all of this data, including um, explicit images, as mentioned, chat logs, email addresses, passwords in clear text, names, <laughs> email addresses, were openly accessible on the Internet. Um, enumeration of users' images was possible due to predictable ID numbers and missing, missing authorization checks. Yeah, they did nothing. Uh, literally, your ass was out in the wind. There's a couple of uh, thoughts here. First of all, the name Vibratissimo. Um, that sounds like a, an instruction that I you would see next to the score for a soprano in an opera. You know, this next section. Yes. We want you to do the next section, Vibratissimo. Um, so that tickled my fancy. Uh, and then the other thing, I, I love the word teledildonics. I don't know why. Yes, I just, uh, whoever got the privilege of coining that term, uh, my hat's off to you. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing is, is I'm sure when they came up with that, they were hoping for something that sounded really cutting edge, but it almost sounds retro now. Mm-hmm. It has this bizarre, like kind of cute retro feel to it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and also the, the the notion that this this app not only isn't just a remote control for the device, but you know if you're going to make an app like this, why not include a photo function? That's nothing to do with anything, but oh, I, a yeah, chat. Yeah, sure. if you're going to be yeah. can I mean if you're going to be using one of these, of course you're going to be. This is this is a team effort. You're going to be sending photos back and forth, and and that's just I mean at this point it's just a convenience, right? So right. It also brings up the point that um, I think when people are um, well, for lack of a better term, worked up, uh, it often leads to bad judgment or <laughs> <Poor> judgment. <laughs> you know, you're not think, probably not thinking about what level of encryption is taking place when you're in the midst of this and, and whoever you're working with says, uh, send me a photo. So, yeah, probably not. So um, just in case anybody out there has this, you may want to turn off some of the features. <laughs> Like all of them, all of yeah. them, don't, all of use, them. <laughs> don't use the app. Yeah, just, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I threw in another article, uh, Mind the Gap. This researcher steals data with noise, light, and magnets. It's, we've talked about uh, Mordecai Guri before over mm -hmm. at uh, the Cybersecurity Research Center at Israel's Ben-Gurion University. He is cutting edge on how to uh, get information in and out of computers, even ones that are air-gapped. Uh, this is a really nice in-depth wrap-up of, of what he's done in the past, what he's doing now. And uh, if you think anything is safe, this is kind of a, a give-it-up article. Uh, mm -hmm. But, <laughs> I mean, there, there's a lot involved. It's not a simple process. But if somebody really wants to get to your data, they can. Yeah, and <laughs> it really does just go through the laundry list of things that they've done. And they are... Uh, remarkably clever, you know, yes. turning uh, the a, the infrared LEDs on and off on, um, <laughs> you know, security cameras to, to use as a sort of Morse code, um, you know, changing the temperature in a room as a as a method of signaling. 
you know, you name it, they, they've, if it can be, I guess basically if something can be changed, then it can, can be used as a signaling. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> if you can, if you can make a sound, if you can spin a fan, if you can blink a light, if you can change a temperature, you can use that as a signaling protocol to get information in and out. So, yep. yeah, it's really impressive work they're doing over at Ben Gurion, and, and uh, they just keep coming up with new, clever, diabolical ways to get data out of machines that people think are safe. Yeah, um, it's pretty intense. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, a slow week, as we said, but uh, a fun one. <laughs> yeah, not, not too much to uh, to keep you up at night this week, but there's always next unless week. You so. got a, unless you got a panty buster, you you should be sleeping all right this week. That's right. That's right. And what <laughs> yeah. better reason to stay up at night than if you have one of those, I suppose? That's the whole uh, point, I guess, right? A good point. A yes. very good point. All right. All well, right. Uh, <laughs> talk to you next week. Hopefully, uh, Jason will be back and, uh, and uh, well, we'll do it again. Yes, and we'll get a review on how poorly we did again. Always my favorite part. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, it is. It is. It's a, I always look forward to that. Yes, to, to, to be greeted with everything that we could have done better, if only. Yes. Oh, excellent. All right. All speak right. to you next week. Bye. Moron of the week. Big headline hit this week: McDonald's French fries will cure baldness. Every single, every single place picked it up. Every single place was running crappy stories about it. No, McDonald's french fries will not cure baldness is the next thing that comes out. So a technical paper about growing hair follicles in a laboratory was reported this week as a discovery of a baldness cure in the fryers at McDonald's. Japanese scientists say eating McDonald's fries could cure baldness, one Australian station reports. And like I said, everybody else in the world then did as well. Uh, no, no, they do not. Let's be clear. The scientists use silicon to build their hair cell growing chip. McDonald's uses silicon in their frying oil. That is literally the only connection. Oh, <laughs> the silicon is not an ingredient in a baldness cure. It doesn't come from frying oil, as if frying oil were a natural resource to be mined. It's all bullshit. Again, lazy media. That was actually on. Uh, that was actually in the mainstream news this week that fries will cure baldness. So yes, and it doesn't at all. Not yeah. even close. There's nothing remote. Nothing. What is wrong with people? Speaking of what's wrong with people. I don't even have a problem with the people that are eating Tide Pods. What I have a problem with are the New York lawmakers that want to try to, t to force Tide to stop making its pods look so, quote, tasty. Die in a fire. Assemblywoman Erval Simotas and Senator Brad Hoyleman proposed a bill on Tuesday that would require Tide to individually wrap each pod, add warning labels to them, and change the colorful design so they appeal less to children. Hmm. Procter & Gamble has responded, noting that additional packaging would not only have detrimental effects on the environment, but it also would not prevent the accidental ingestion by children. The problem isn't the accidental ingestion, it's idiots. Yeah, it's not, it's not accidental ingestion, it's, it's willful it's ingestion. It's people doing it on YouTube. Yeah, on purpose. Yes. So I personally think that Procter & Gamble should go ahead and rebrand themselves as magically delicious. <laughs> There you go. Let's just get rid of the stupid people. Let's get rid of the stupid people and let's start with these two New York lawmakers. Yeah, seriously. Feedback loop. We have a metric shit ton of new Patreon subscribers this week. I can't thank you all enough. Here we have here we go. Krista M, Richard S, Andrew H, Maximilian P, Mark F, Gad Gadio? Yeah. Gadiel, Gadiel V, yeah. Chad and Jen yep. F, Aaron B, Ashley, Matthew B, Edgar C. Thank you all so damn much. And we've got a couple more. So, Brian, take us to the next. 
Yep, we got Michael Z over on Patreon who said, love the show, was planning to post a one-star review just to get Jason to check out my <laughs> review history, but changed my mind when I heard Jason got fired. Oh, well, thank you. You get the love. Instead, I decided to give you guys money. Keep fighting the good fight about how machine learning and pattern recognition is not AI. I will contribute more when I'm no longer a poor PhD student. Love you guys. Hope you're Thanks, getting man. your PhD in AI. Yep. <laughs> Jared R. writes in, I've been enjoying their podcast while I wait for a new episode from y'all each week. Brian, what course is next for you on Coursera? I've started taking two courses now, and so far, so good. I'm taking myo myocardial infarction in clinical terminology <laughs> for international and U.S. students. That's a fucking mouthful. It is, isn't it? Uh, I'm actually not currently taking a Coursera course. I'm going to try to figure out what uh, what I want to do next. I've had some real-world work kind of intrude and with daddy daycare and all that going on. Plus, I finally realized I I've made three attempts now to go through and actually get the certification for google analytics even though i know how to use it and i've been doing it forever both times like my wife got pregnant kid came along stopped me in the middle of my tracks from doing the actual certification so that's what i'm actually doing right now i'm going back and taking their courses and running through them really quick so i can take their 90 minute or whatever long insane test it is to get the actual cert let me so. know how that goes because when once you get it i'm I, I was always you know i i know google analytics backwards and forwards but i never did yeah. the certification i'm kind of curious how the test goes. i don't think anything will matter I, I think i'll add a certificate to my linkedin that nobody will care about because anybody that knows me knows i know google analytics i know some <laughs> really fucking stupid people who have google analytics certification and they can barely right. add so yeah <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's going to be right. that hard. Me either. So Tim D also wrote us over at Patreon. Um, I wanted to share something, though you may already be aware of it. The Outside subreddit. It's at reddit.com slash r slash outside. It's a subreddit about the MMORPG that is life and all the bugs and features that come along with it. It's pretty hilarious and touches on some topics you've discussed in the past. I'm going to keep up with the same pledge level, and I look forward to more hilarious and grumpy podcasts. Thanks. Cool. Did you check out the, the subreddit? I did. It's a little too geeky for me. Like I wasn't a Dungeons and Dragons guy. Gotcha. So there's there's a lot of that going on in there. It's all about hit points in real life and that sort of stuff. Oh, okay. Very clever, very clever. But like the joke lasted for about three minutes for me. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> one trick pony there. And we got some uh, donations over at PayPal. Joseph L and Tim W. Thank you so so much, guys. Yes, thanks a lot. Uh, a lot of people wrote over wrote in over at GOG.show. I think we forgot to check that for a while. Uh, definitely not getting the email. So uh, there were some old ones in there that we just kind of skipped. So okay. sorry about and, that. And, but... and honestly, guys, we get so many of them, we can't reply to everybody anymore. Everybody would tune out, but that's uh, it's yeah it's the if you ask us a question yeah. we will at least write you back that yeah. you will get an answer from us one way or another <laughs> just not necessarily on the show mm -hmm. um, so scott wrote quick update on autonomous driving kind of cool but the best part of this article is the one line that i think you'll both appreciate the autonomous technology inside embark's truck uses machine learning software of course it does, <laughs> course it does. yeah and this is a self-driving semi that made its first cross-country trip we scary uh, yeah and then anonymous writes in help me pull the plug I've been planning on making a departure from Facebook and wasn't surprised to hear you guys mentioning of folks leaving Facebook in droves. The only thing I care about on the platform are my photos. Is there a way to back them up without having Facebook resize them or having to download them one album at a time? Well, I'm going to tell you a little trick right now. Uh, you should always have your own originals <laughs> backed up somewhere because as soon as you upload it to Facebook, they are resizing they it, it and recompressing the shit out of it because... They got to pay for bandwidth. So whenever yep. you upload a photo, it is already being resized. And so getting a getting a dump from Facebook 
is the last resort that you ever want to have to go through. I don't know of any plugins that do this kind of thing. The only plugin I know is how to delete everything off Facebook, but uh, I'm sure they're out there and you can, you can Google for it. But yeah, I don't know anything off the top of my head. Do you, Brian? Nope. Nope. I certainly don't because yeah, I mean, what I do with my photos obviously is they're all saved on my phone. They're all backed up. They're all backed up in the Apple photos app. Uh, everything that goes up on Facebook, I've already got backed up somewhere. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If I take, a, if I take a photo, it's immediately backed up to four different locations. So yeah. I'm not worried about <laughs> that, but yeah, always back up your originals and never, never like rely on somebody else to give you a backup, especially if you're like, no. you know, live on Instagram because they, they downsize those things immediately right away and recompress. This they do. Uh, and Gadiel wrote us over here. This is the same person that obviously did us, uh, did us a solid with a Patreon. Hey, guys, wanted to let you know how much I love your show. I live in a small town in South Georgia. Need I say more? And do not mingle with the affluent and learned crowd. You guys are my breath of fresh air. I've decided to cancel my Audible subscription. Fuck Amazon. And support your show through Patreon. The best to y'all. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you very it. much. I mean, I can't get rid of my Audible subscription, but I'm glad you didn't give us not. the money. So I'll take it. <laughs> Next one comes from Julio. Heard your last episode. Sorry to hear about your firing. Me too. Thank you. I know that can be difficult. Went through that a number of years ago. It's definitely no picnic. Regarding getting blue light coated glasses, have you ever tried gins.com? They have Warby Parker prices on their glasses and they seem to do the trick for my eyes. Thought you'd like to know. This is a link to their product, blah, 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 gins.com. And I will check them out. Uh, we've got another one coming up later that I'm also looking at. But yeah, uh, turns out there's a ton of different places that can do it. And the one that we're going to talk about in a second, I will explain when we get there, which is why I'm probably going to use them. Next up. Okay, next up is Mad Mike. Let's get the snark out of the way first. RX bars sound awesome. Too bad I'm in Canada and RX bar doesn't want me to have any of their product. What's a guy got to do? Barter with maple cookies? I was about to say, you and Jason get together and have a bitch fest yeah, about not well, being no, able to get products in different countries. Let's just, yeah, let's, let's meet at the border, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> for the handful of your listeners in Canada, hey, we have more than a handful, I'd like to think. It would be good to know this up front. I'm guessing you assumed it was available to us. Well, we don't write the copy, buddy. Yeah, I, yeah, no, don't I do I, that. I don't know. So, they, they, they give us yeah, they give us words, we read it, and we take their money. They give us words, we read and it. And boxes of money. tasty bars, because I do love my RX bars, to be honest. I went through the entire box that they gave me. Yeah. It was very good. Uh, your book reviews are excellent. Concurrently listening to shows in the 140 to 160 range. Oh, so, so I picked sorry. up a three-body problem on Brian's recommendation. Uh, if you, if you had kept going, we have that you shouldn't have done that sorry you may not have wanted to do that uh, your positive comments about ready player one encouraged me to pick that up and i can honestly say i have not enjoyed a book as much as i did that one in a very long time i can't wait to be wait to be disappointed by the movie yeah. amen to that neither can, neither can we <laughs> keep up the great work guys i even put carlin on hold this week while your new episode came out don't tell dan hurry might put me on the wheel very clever <laughs> nice. i like that that's funny yes nice and we have a link from brian uh found this fascinating i participate in online ctfs and know this is way out of my league did you get a chance to look at this uh, uh yeah i don't quite get it it's so. a solution to a three-year-old fifty thousand dollar bitcoin puzzle um okay i haven't uh dug into this one because i've had a long week but i will little link will be in the show notes if everybody wants to check it out so thank you brian yes thank you and graziella writes hey jason i heard your dog has separation anxiety <laughs> Yes, he does. <laughs> I just read an article in BuzzFeed about a dog camera named Furbo. It's a little pricey, around 230 bucks, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. But it might be a good idea when you need to leave the house for a longer period of time. Just throwing out an idea. Hope Bam Bam and Dino and you are fine. Okay. Uh, well, fortunately, I already have enough cameras in the house that I can already speak back to the dog with. But yeah, it's it's a little bit more complicated than that. But thank you for the uh, the recommendation. And I'm pretty damn sure that, Brian, you and I 
tore Furbo apart on a previous episode. But uh, I'm pretty sure we made a lot of fun of it. I've yeah. and mainly on the pricing. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Over at Twitter, Sindelicato sends us another reason to abandon cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin and your security clearance, which is a short YouTube video. I've got I actually watched this. I've got to say this is one of those things that drives me crazy about everything on the internet now. This is, entire video is almost entirely speculation. Uh, everything is, it could be, it may be, this could potentially be. There's hardly a single fact in this entire video. Uh, too bad. So, oh, yeah, well. Too bad. <laughs> oh, well. I mean, I agree. Like, all of those things could be bad, but we don't really know yet. So, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, we do, we, we, we go in for speculation here and there and we come up with plausibles for stuff. So, I can see where yep. people, you know, throw, just blue sky in. I get it. Yep. So uh, next yep. up, Tom770 writes in, tell Jason to check out Zenny Optical for glasses. All the bells and whistles of a regular store, way cheaper. Trust me on this. He will get a really good pair for under 100 bucks with the blue screen protection. I bought some as cheap as $25. I did check out Zenny Optical, and I'm going to tell you the reason I'm going to use these guys. Most of the places where you go buy glasses online, you have to go to your doctor to get the measurement between your pupils. These guys have come up with a way for you to do it at home, which is really cool and really revolutionary as far as I can tell. Nobody else is doing it. I mean, other places might start doing this now, but I had to go to my other doctor and they wouldn't give it to me without, you know, spending another 50 bucks just to get that measurement. So this is really cool. So I'm going to try these guys out. And uh, we got I got a couple recommendations on Twitter this week for the same company. So thanks to everybody who sent this in. I'm going to give them a shot because I definitely need some glasses. I, this is all Greek to me. Oh, Mr. Hair and Eyes. <laughs> At least uh, you got the dulcet tones, though, Jason. No, of course I do. Yes. And Ben Stanley wrote us, you don't have to feel guilty about frequent trips to Sweden anymore and sends a link from Gizmodo. The EU suppressed a 300-page study that found piracy doesn't harm sales. And I immediately thought, Steelers going to steal. That's right, baby. Yep. You're not going to stop the Steelers, so they're not going to do whatever they're going to do. Um, I went through a lot of this. It's interesting. Uh, they're saying that in books and gaming, it doesn't really seem to matter. But for film, it does, which is interesting. Yeah. No, this, there have been so many of these studies that have come out over the years since yeah. the days of Napster, you know. But, but that's the whole thing is like we're forgetting the fact that uh, Napster and piracy uh, literally did destroy the entire music industry. Right. So it did kind of harm sales. Well, the, the, the <laughs> thing that everybody glosses over about Napster is they got put out of business, but they had a they had everything in place to sell music. But the music industry was so stupid that yes. they just put them yes. under instead of saying, why don't we take the money? But then, of course, Steve Jobs comes along and says, well, how about 99 cents? And they're like, great. But Napster yeah. had everything in place. I just, companies are stupid. It was yes, it was incredibly stupid. I Anyways. would pay. I would. I would still pay a lot of money to be able to watch a movie on first release in my house instead of going to Sweden. I, and I agree. I still think that's a great business plan. And somebody is. People have tried to do it, and they just can't seem to get it done. Yeah, yeah. Mark Cuban tried it yep. and failed miserably. But what are you yep. going to do? People. You know, we just need people to die so the new kids can come on and make shit work. So here's the thing: old people just start dying. That's how, that's how we that's how we fix the internet. Great. Now we're going to be blamed for every single every person death. that dies in the next week. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh god. 
Uh, I know. Now now we're going to nuke North Korea and we're all fucked. Shit. Yeah, My boy. bad. But Sorry. only kill the old people because that's what we said. Yeah. All right. Over at iTunes, we got a bunch of five star ratings this week. Thank you so much. It really does help us. Uh, Big Daddy Dubs over in the UK says must listen. I've been listening to these grumpy old geeks for almost three months now. I'm also listening to some of their older episodes when I run out of podcasts to listen to. <laughs> I'm glad to say their newer episodes sound much better than their old stuff. So good job, guys. Well, you, you people threw us money so we could buy some buy nice mics stuff. and stuff. Yeah. Um, not, I'm listening to their latest episode of my home pod and they sound great. Awesome. Interesting. Cool. That's very cool. Thank you. Yeah. And uh Forest PDX writes in, finally, a tech podcast that doesn't just explain what shit is or what shit does, but a group of talented and entertaining individuals openly sharing my disdain for how people and organizations are tainting technology art of the possible. I don't know what technology's art of the possible means, but uh It's a flowery saying, Jason. It is. Technology's art of the possible. Uh, it's, it is a beautiful turn of phrase. I look forward to this each and every week. Keep up the great work. I am not alone. No, you are not, Forrest PDX. And I Thanks, s- Forrest PDX. And I'd like to invite you to my webinar next week for $150. It's called Technologies Art of the Possible. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> if we didn't already have a show title, that would be it. <laughs> <laughs> next up is southern dad not shy about telling it like it is i can certainly relate to the hosts i love the down-to-earth no sugar coating information informative podcast sorry thanks for telling it like it is note to apple apple please don't ban me when these two bash an apple product no nah, we do it all the time they're used to it yes next is from bobo is clown great podcast <laughs> the only reason they are my second favorite podcast is because they recommended no such thing as a fish which became my number one uh, yeah, yeah, we, I'm we, kind of with you on that. I like them better than us, I, I too. I like them a lot better than <laughs> us, too. So they even take breaks from being awesome to let you know who else is being awesome out there, and that is awesome. Keep up the grumpy work. We shall. We shall. And our last uh, rating of this week. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> Mantistabagun. Mantistabagun. Uh, fantastic show thanks for the amazing show it makes my long drives fly by for anyone that complains about the language on the show they should simply stop listening yes i don't understand why anyone would take the time to leave a review complaining about it it's 2018 google and listen to any of the other thousands of podcasts available if it bugs their sensitive ears keep the shows just how they are gog and cyberwire are the only podcasts i listen to weekly as all others are bland i would like to point out that you might want salsa for your ears (laughs) we are salsa we are spicy Spicy. But if you need another podcast, check out the Jordan Harbinger show, because then, uh, you know. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and don't forget my webinar. <laughs> Brian's what webinar. What is it called again? <laughs> uh, Technology's Art of the Possible. Yes. If you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash support and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash iTunes and toss us a five star and a snarky review. And as always, pretty please, with sugar on top, tell your friends. <laughs> A uh, sad shout out to John Mahoney, the cantankerous dad on Fraser who passed away at 77. A former Midwestern medical magazine editor who quit his day job at nearly 40 to study acting in Chicago. Mahoney had taught English at Western Illinois University in the early 1970s. How amazing that he didn't even start acting until his 40s. That's awesome. No, I yeah, should he start. He was fantastic. <laughs> I should yeah, start. Why, why not, Jason? You could you could one, be, one day be a TV dad. I'll be on the stage. That's where you'll yes. find me. <laughs> and of course uh everybody that listens to this podcast is probably aware of this we also lost john perry barlow mm-hmm. internet pioneer so. yes one of the founders of the eff and i put a link to his declaration of the independence of cyberspace in the show notes as well which everybody should read and mm-hmm. uh yeah 
He will be missed. And he was a he was a yes, songwriter for the Grateful Dead, believe it or not. He was. Um, yes. And I'm going to put in a link here to Unidos, Hispanic Federation, Puerto Rico Disaster Relief. I also donated this week to Puerto Rico Disaster Relief because these guys need some help down there. And we've got some friends of the show <laughs> who are just yes, we do. going through some crazy shit down there. So It'd be nice to, to remember everybody right now when we're talking about potentially wasting millions of dollars on a military parade that uh, people who are... American citizens do not have power. Yeah, and, and it's yeah. still. Yeah, friend of the show Gabriel Pagan uh, wrote wrote the other day on Twitter to me. And he's like, "We have less than one hundred working streetlights in the city. Like, you know, street signals. It's it's mm-hmm. insane. It's insane. Yeah. So if you've got a few extra bucks, you know, first send it to us, then send it to Puerto <laughs> Rico, and if you've got a few bucks left over, send it to FB Purity. But of course, we're first. But um, yeah, and after that, the EFF. Eh. Let's just give, run them down in order. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. But yeah, if you can afford a few bucks, I just sent a hundred bucks this week, and uh, if I could afford to spend more, I would. But yeah, just you know, everything that you can do to help these guys because it's it's ridiculous what's going on there. They're part of our country, and we need to really kind of you know step up because yep. the government obviously fucking isn't. So yes. finally, a shout out to friend of the show MXV and his lovely wife Chris. Uh, they, today I, I, you know, we, I snowpocalypse, I'm snowed in and I can't shovel the snow in my driveway to leave because I hurt my shoulder on the last snow. They sent somebody over to shovel my driveway and my sidewalk. So thank you so much, guys. It really helps out. And, uh, now I can go by, go by puppy chow. Yay. <laughs> I, that was just a really nice thing for them to do. I really appreciate it. I mean, I ser- sincerely appreciate that. That was so cool. That's very nice. Until next time, I'm Brian Schilmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. Support the show and keep us on the air. Go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 246. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy, and we'll see you next week. So, getting back to this uh, fishing story, what what the fuck... (laughs) Oh my god. Sick. All right, hold on. Just uh doop. All right. Sound off. We are professionals. So. <laughs> Jesus. All right. I guess we know what's going at the end of this week's show. Uh all I right. think that's safe to say. Safe. Take 2. Uh or 3 or whatever. 